We are talking markets again, and my guest today is Dr. Adrian Saville. He's, of course, a self-proclaimed disciple of contrarian deep value investing. He's also the chief strategist at Citadel and the chief investment officer at Canon Asset Managers. Adrian, welcome to the show. We are currently still in, in, in choppy waters following Britain's decision to exit the EU, and there's significant uncertainty and volatility in virtually every single investment market around the world. How do you read this current market environment? Uh, you know, there's, uh, there's a number of surprises um, in, in the recent past, and perhaps a couple of them to build on your observations. Is the first was that uh, Britain voted to exit. Um, the bookies got it wrong. The banks got it wrong. The bond market got it wrong. Um, uh, and to add another B to that, perhaps Britain got it wrong. Uh, but be that as it may, it's a saw a huge uh, surprise, doesn't do justice, shock in the currency market. Um, capital markets also responded with, uh, with shock. And um, uh, to everyone's amazement, the RAND in the last couple of weeks has been one of the strongest performing currencies. So to make sense of this, uh, I, I'm not quite sure how you get all the different moving parts into a sort of a coherent storyboard other than to uh, remind us that uh, markets are filled with surprise and that perhaps the, the best philosophical um, uh, architecture we can put around this is to be reminded uh, not to invest for certainty or to invest based on forecasts, but to start your investment process based uncertainty and unknowability. Uh, and right now, that uncertainty and unknowability is elevated. So I think that's how you make sense of it, and that's how you you manage it. But Adrian, you know, you look at this environment, and you know, it seems like the traditional valuation methods of earnings potential is taking a back seat. Uh, you know, how how difficult is it to invest in in this market at the moment? Greg, I think the earnings potential and you know, a compromise in some places. And it's been enhanced in others. The uh, the rule remains that you know when you're making investments, when you're buying assets, what we're always after is you know strong, robust, uh, sustainable earnings potential. And there've been some real surprises, uh, as your observation suggests. So, for instance, the the gold miners have benefited tremendously from uh, the uncertain environment, which has seen the gold price marked up impressively and a business like Pan-Africa that we've been invested in for, uh, uh, for a number of years starts the year at two rand and uh, as we speak it's at four rand fifty so that's a 100% return in uh, in less than uh, in less than a year or in the space of six months at the same time there are others that have uh, been hurt uh, uh, look up in UK uh, property as having been hurt by the uncertainty. So I think investing uh, is about equipping yourself for this certainty, never losing sight of the fact that it is earnings that matter, and always owning portfolios rather than single assets. Uh, so if you actually own a portfolio of um, Africa and British property, you'd be okay this year.
Well, if, if you look at the JSE, the all share has been relatively stable uh, the last 12 months. But if you strip out NASPAS and uh, SAB Miller, um, the index is actually down significantly. You've got counters like Standard Bank uh, down 24% from recent highs, Sunlum down 20%. Um, you know, bright down 20%. You are a value investor. Are you starting to see value in some clusters in the market here? Yeah, I think, you know, first, just before uh, commenting on, on your question, is to recognize that investing is uh, as much about what you own as what you don't own. It's always about uh, the allocation of scarce capital. And if you'd owned the index, you would have done well. If you'd owned NASPERS and SAB, you would have done well. But if you own the index less those two, uh, it's been a tough environment. And uh, the tough environment then uh, reflects those falling prices. And falling prices, as long as businesses haven't been compromised, then you're getting uh, the same asset or you know, an equivalent asset for a better price. And I think that's exactly what successful investing is about. So in, in this market environment, um, you know, there's some parts that I'm still fairly anxious about. I think the banks uh, are an interesting point of departure because although their models are under pressure and the weak economy means that the, the business foundations aren't uh, as strong as the banks would like, the, the, the large banks are well diversified. They've got um, well-managed books, good risk systems. The economy is anemic, but it hasn't collapsed. There's still evidence of you know, some consumer buoyancy. There's a bit of manufacturing sector resilience. So the banks might be a place to go to find uh, supported, if not strong, but supported business models. And some of the valuations on those banks are really uh, interesting. I, I, I have to wonder you know, if in a few years' time you won't look back and think, wow, you know, there was a great opportunity to get a bank on a very elevated dividend yield a uh, single-digit price earnings multiple trading at book value or just above. Uh, Investec, NetBank are good cases in point. Are you buying banks at the moment? Uh, we are, and um, alongside uh, uh, banks, another place where we found um, some interesting opportunities in the South African-facing businesses. Um, an example, uh, which is owned in some of our portfolios, is Group 5. And uh, Group 5, you know, when I mentioned the name, uh, sort of uh, investors familiar with the South African market uh, will immediately hear reference to a South African business. However, um, Group 5 over the years has built a very viable asset outside of South Africa, and that's the um, European concessions business where they run uh, where they run uh, road infrastructure. You, know, you can think of eToll type infrastructure. And uh, not only is this a very powerful um, uh, business in, in terms of stable revenue, the margins are good, the cash flow is great, and we've recently uh, worked on valuing that side of the business. Uh, my colleague Andrew Ditburner did this work, and the, the net present value of that concessions business is essentially equivalent to Group 5's market cap uh, once you adjust for, for cash. And Group 5 is sitting with uh, just over uh, a billion and a half cash on balance sheet, which means you can net that off against the market cap. 
uh, and the debt. And he has a case of almost being paid to, to buy the business. Uh, and you know, it's those types of examples that I think you have to look for in this environment, but they are without question available. Adrian, contrarian investors have not performed all that well in recent years. Do you think the current environment is maybe more suitable for such an approach as part of a diversified portfolio than, say, a year or two ago? Um, without question. Uh, if, you've got, if you've got the stomach to tolerate uh, volatility, and if you've got a long investment uh, runway, in other words, if you've got the time to tolerate the volatility, so you need both time and stomach, um, then there is... Uh, this type of environment, I think, really feeds um, a contrarian uh, a contrarian strategy. However, uh, I suppose as you uh, as you suggest or hint, uh, this is not for everyone. Um, I, I, I certainly believe it has a place in portfolios, and here I can you know I can talk my uh, I can I can walk my talk because uh, two of my favourite clients are are my son and my daughter, um, who are 13 years old and. Uh, 10 years old. Uh, they don't uh, interrogate performance. They don't mind volatility. They're very patient. Um, <laughs> and they've got uh, 30 or 40 years of compounding ahead of them. And uh, it's, it's contrarian positions and deep value positions that play best uh, into that type of investment appetite. But if you are you know, closer to retirement or if you have an income need or if this is capital that has to support a fairly near-term obligation, then no, you know, you, you don't want a deep value portfolio. You you would want uh, you would want something that's far more stable and probably uh, stabilised not by being in 100% equities, but by having multi-asset, uh, some bonds, some preference shares, some cash, uh, depending on your your uh, appetite or tolerance for volatility, and depending on your horizon and the need. Adrian, your funds have performed relatively well in recent times, but many investors in contrarian funds um, have disinvested because of poor performance. You say investors should be patient, but how long should an investor be patient when his or her investments are not performing? If, if a philosophy is sound and if, there is a, if there's a robust process behind that philosophy, then my guidance to every investor, every capital allocator would be to find a philosophy that you understand, that you agree in, to find a, 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 a that you that you believe with, uh, a, a, a believe in and agree with, to find a process that's repeatable, and then to stay with it. Uh, there is no such thing as a monopoly on alpha. There is no such thing as a monopoly on outperformance. No one has perfected the the challenge of uninterrupted performance. And if you are going to beat the market, then it's a mathematical given that uh, there are times that you'll have to look different to the market and that differentness will be underperformance uh, as well as outperformance. Um, the portfolios that I look after uh, for Citadel uh, uh, recognize this and recognize the very modest appetite for deviance from benchmark, whereas a Canon portfolio is comfortable looking very different to, uh, to the market. And that has translated into patches of spectacular outperformance and in recent times, much tougher. And the business has lost uh, mandates where investors have just got 
frustrated. They they don't want to walk um, walk through the difficult patch. But for those who have stayed with us, um, uh, I think the the rewards more than justify the patience. But it does require patience, and it does require a stomach for volatility. Mm. Uh, it's impossible to say when the cycle will turn, and when you'll find a fierce recovery and appetite for for value or deep value. Uh, but when revulsion is the deepest, that's when the opportunity is greatest. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, the, I, I think that being able to buy special positions or specific positions is exactly uh, what this environment throws up. Uh, It it sets me up to be wrong if I say I can't think of a better time uh, to go for this type of mandate, but this is a good time um, when revulsion is high, when price dislocations are large. Um, and when money is uh, is not searching for these opportunities, that's when they're often the best. Your your superdog's um, portfolio is a very interesting one, and and it plays into what you've just referred to. But why is it not a unit trust? Why can't retail investors, uh, you know, invest in it like a normal unit trust? Uh, Superdogs, um, it, it's a gorgeous uh, it's a gorgeous portfolio. Um, I've been running it for a number of years. Uh, it uh, it is the type of um, portfolio that you make reference to, where you say, you know, is there a place for uh, an out of favour or deep value type strategy? I think this is the type of uh, a, a piece that fits that part of the jigsaw puzzle. Um, we haven't unitized it uh, historically. Uh, that was really just a, sort of a business decision, rather than uh, a decision around making the portfolio available to investors. And for investors with 200,000 rand uh, or more and a five-year horizon, then this is the place uh, that they can uh, access a contrarian or deep deep value strategy. And it's not that they would be locked in for five years. It's just that they are um, sheltered from uh, tax obligations uh, if, they, uh, if they stay with the, with the investment for five years, they treat it as an investor. Um, and they get the benefits of uh, institutional pricing, institutional trading, and uh, the benefit also of being in a pool. And we put the, we put the investment hurdle at 200,000, um, really just to, uh, to, I suppose, protect ourselves more than anything from investors who, you know, one moment said, well, here's 10,000 Rand, and then the next said, oh, well, I, you know, I don't like it, I've gone away. So I, I don't know if 200,000 is the right number, uh, but we put the, the figure high enough that anyone who put money in would have thought hard uh, about the decision. And so far, you know, that seems to have worked. We've had uh, very few redemptions in uh, in, in, in a number of years that we've been running the portfolio, that investors who've come in have stayed in, and they're getting nice results. Over the last three years, that Superdog's portfolio is ahead of market by a comfortable margin. 
Well, it's done phenomenally well since 2009 when it was launched. Um, annual return of around 27%, which is definitely not pedestrian. Um, but Adrian, um, let's quickly talk about the underlying um, assets within that portfolio. Um, I've got the fact sheet here until the end of March, um, and it lists Pinnacle Holdings, Ascenders Health, Conduit Capital, Transaction Capital, and Sabvest as the, the five biggest holdings. Is that still the case? And uh, can you quickly just say why those companies appeal to you? Sure, Ray. The, the holdings don't change, um, or when they do change, it's on an annual review. So what you see there as the, as the top holdings would, would remain the case. Um, uh, of course, price action moves, uh, moves the, the weights around. But we, we, we build the portfolio at the start of each year, buying an equal weighted position in the most unloved but profitable companies on the JSE. And uh, we hold that position for 12 months. So price action will move the weights around. Um, and, and so it's really just uh, a statistical anomaly what you see as the largest weights there. Uh, the, the thinking in, in the names that you mentioned, uh, and there's others that we could go to, is each of those businesses that you make reference to is, is an established business. Uh, it's profitable. Uh, the portfolio, the, the assets that sit behind those investments in the portfolio are, are good assets. So there's no element of this that you know, I would describe as speculative. The fact that they're profit-making means that we're buying businesses that are unloved but by no means distressed. And uh, the bulk of them are dividend-paying. So here you've got uh, a, a portfolio of established, profitable businesses uh, that are dividend paying and you can acquire them on very low uh, uh, multiples. Uh, when we formed the portfolio at the beginning of the year, the market was trading on a 20 PE. We paid an average nine times price earnings ratio. In other words, we paid half the market multiple to form this portfolio. And if investing is about buying good assets at good prices, then I think that this uh, captures that, uh, uh, that essence. How many uh, stocks are there in the portfolio? That's an important point. Because uh, because it is going into the part of the market that's unloved, we've been very deliberate in making sure that we've uh, mitigated specific risk. You know, specific risk refers to the threat that, you, that, that a business in which you're invested blows up and you lose all of your money. Uh, so there's just over 40 names in the portfolio, which means the average weighting is you know, around 2%. And that specific risk is, is extremely low then. Since the portfolio was formed, we haven't had such, a, such an event. We've been able to successfully manage quality so that uh, whilst I do make reference to uh, buying quality or good businesses or established businesses on, on good prices, uh, a, a third component is that in every instance, uh, we've assessed the businesses for uh, balance sheet strength, uh, the sustainability of profitability, that there is established management teams in place and so on. In other words, there is a, a veiled quality element. But the 40 stocks uh, in a sentence 
mitigate specific risk. Just lastly, um, I read some interesting statistics about the, the foreigners investing in South Africa. Before June, we saw an outflow um, of uh, quite a few billion um, rand. But since uh, the week of Brexit, actually, uh, we've seen a lot of inflows from foreign investors. Actually, on the day of uh, the Brexit vote, 4.2 billion rand came into South Africa. Um, and for the uh, two weeks um, prior to that, we saw 14 billion rand coming into South Africa. Um, a lot of consecutive trading days, net inflows. Are you watching what the foreigners are doing, what they are buying, and, and what is the impact of their uh, investment choices on, on the asset prices here? Uh, my colleague George Herman uh, shared with me some data which points to, I think we're on something like day 25 um, uh, of ongoing inflows. And that really is a remarkable turn in appetite. If you think December last year, uh, the money was rushing out the door. Yes. And uh, for the last month, it's done the exact opposite. It does highlight the vulnerability or fragility uh, of South Africa to capital flows. And it also highlights the fickleness uh, of capital, how quickly it can change its mind. Um, and uh, these flows certainly matter to South Africa. Uh, although we are a sophisticated and established market, the, the flows have a have a have a large swing influence on on prices, and they go a long way in explaining the the remarkable strength of the rand uh, since Brexit, which has gone from high 15s to the dollar uh, to uh, early 14s to the dollar uh, in just a few weeks. The the impact uh, goes beyond rand, as you uh, suggest, and that's um, uh, to equity markets. Of course, that foreign capital won't be going for 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 the mid and small equity that you know we were chatting about now uh, that 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 mainly populates my superdog's portfolio instead it's going to be going for for the large cap businesses um, the large industrials the large miners and the banks uh, which we we m- mentioned briefly Adrian US markets are close to an all-time high virtually on a daily basis now in Europe there's a lot of uh, uncertainty and volatility. We don't know what's going to happen in the East. What should investors do? Should they be cautious? Should they see investment opportunities? Uh, or should they uh, be nervous? I think investors should always be nervous. Um, in any environment, you can think of good reasons not to invest. Um, and I think that you know that nervousness, uh, I probably want to change the word nervous to, uh, to cautious or suspicious or cynical. Um, but uh, you want to invest always with your eyes wide open. Uh, you want to invest with the knowledge that uh, things jump out of cupboards on Thursday afternoons without warning, um, that uh, markets are filled with as much unknowability as that they are filled with uncertainty or risk. Um, uh, and uh, in the current environment, I suppose the things that uh, worry me most uh, and, and the rest of my team is the very elevated uh, pr- uh, uh, prices on some asset classes. The government bonds in advanced countries are a very obvious case in point. Um, in equities, you've got the S&P 500 reaching record highs right now, yet earnings year on year are falling. Uh, uh, and economic growth uh, looks like it's going to be taken lower by Brexit rather than higher. That's bad for, uh, for, for Europe and it's bad for Britain. 
So uh, I think there's lots of uh, reasons to be nervous uh, in the current environment. Uh, the you know the 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 old uh, to trot out the old analogy investing though is not uh, it's not a sprint it's a marathon and if you if you're disciplined about buying good assets at good prices you'll be rewarded thank you adrian that was dr adrian Saville. he's the chief strategist at citadel and the chief investment officer at canon asset managers